This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days at the very best of vintage radio. The Twilight Zone was a nationally syndicated radio drama series featuring radio play adaptations of the classic television series, The Twilight Zone. This series was produced for the British digital radio station BBC Radio 4 Extra, airing for 176 episodes between October 2002 and 2012 in the United States. Many of the stories are based on Rod Serling's scripts from the original Twilight Zone series. We hope you enjoyed these episodes from the Twilight Zone. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. How much longer, Chris? Not long. We'll stop soon as we find a place. Where? Look around. We saw the last shade two days ago. That's a buzzard up there circling the wagons, and it's been following us since dawn. It's waiting for the next one to die. How's the boy? Still burning up with fever. He can't take any more. All right, honey. Hold up! Whoa! We'll stop here for a few minutes. There. There. Still the fever? Poor little thing is burning up. If I could just use a damp cloth. Try my handkerchief. Can we spare it? If he needs it, we can. Here, put this on your forehead. It'll make you feel better. How's that, son? This is the eleventh day, Christian. Eleven days of fever. He can't go on much longer. Hey, you said that on the third day. And then on the fourth. He'll take more, just as we all will. This is Arizona country. We've got 400 more miles, and we've already traveled almost 2,000. We'll do what we have to do. All of us. How's the boy, Mrs. Horn? About the same. Thank you, Charlie. 
Figure that Apache country is just due south. That's what you said we were looking out for, ain't it? That's what we've been looking out for. We travel due west, close together and button up tight at night. No fires if we can help it. Bad Indians down there, Chris. That's what we heard. And they travel in big parties, don't they? And we got five rifles. Five rifles, Chris, and a sick child, and four wagons, and seven dead, tired men and women. We was dead tired a week ago, and a month ago, and a month before that. And there were war parties back in Kansas, and we near froze to death in Colorado. And we was out of our minds with, the, with, with thirst last month. And we've kept on going. We've always kept on going. We always... It's this way, Chris. We've been doing a lot of talking and a lot of thinking. And? We figure we ought to turn back. Turn back? That what you all want? Turn back? Chris, we're about at the end of our rope. We're hungry and we're sick. We figure we better do it now, or we're gonna die out here. You turn back and I guarantee it. You turn back and try to go over 1,500 miles of St. Louis again, and you'll leave your bones bleached in one of those deserts between here and there, or have your scalps taken off. Oh, you'll freeze to death in a, in, a, in a mountain pass. And if you go on, what's going to happen to that beautiful child of yours? Listen, those 1,500 miles are behind us. They're all gone. The heat, the cold, the misery. You can, you can look back at them as things that have, that have happened. Not agonies you're, you're going to have to live with. How do you know there's not going to be more days and weeks and months like it? How can you be so blame sure? I figure there's only about four to 600 miles more to go. Four to 600 more miles, friends. And then we've made it. We can't stop now. Listen, if we stop, we're dead. That's gospel. We're dead. Could be we're dead anyway. Just, okay, okay, just give me one more week. One week. I'll get us through. I promise you. I'll get us through. What about water? We're almost out of water. I'll get water. I'll, I'll find some. How, Chris? With a divining rod? I, I, I don't know how, but I will. I swear. The year is 1847. The place is the territory of New Mexico. The people are a tiny handful of men and women with a dream. Eleven months ago, they started out from Ohio and headed west. Someone told them about a place called California, about a warm sun and a blue sky, about rich land and fresh air. And at this moment, almost a year later, they have seen nothing but cold, heat exhaustion, hunger and sickness. The men and their families are now one with the animals and the wagons and the landscape, and they stare straight ahead, numb and glassy-eyed. They are dust blobs whose lives have been reduced to a single function, forward motion. The man in the lead wagon is named Christian Horn. He has a dying eight-year-old son and a heart-sick wife, once beautiful but now gaunt and drawn in the merciless desert air. Her husband is the only one who has even a fragment of the dream left. Mr. Chris Horn, who's about to go over the rim of a sand dune in search of water, sustenance, and survival. And who, in just a moment, will find himself heading into an uncharted territory known as the Twilight Zone. And now, back to our story from The Twilight Zone, A Hundred Yards Over the Rim, starring Jim Caviezel, with Stacy Keach as your narrator. A man had 
best not make promises you can't keep. I give you my word. And food and medicine for your child? We'll have those things. We'll we'll have food and medicine and, and everything else. If you can just keep going. Just just keep going and, and, and don't look back. Look out there instead. Look west. We don't even know where that is anymore. Don't make any decisions yet. We can't stay here anyway. Once we're past the trail, we'll be able to rest a couple of days. I'm almost out of water, Chris, and food. I'll go up ahead, over that sand hill. I'll do some checking around. Stay here now, all of you. Martha, give me my rifle. Chris? Chris, you might... You might look for a shady spot. A pretty spot where we... Where we can... <laughs> I won't talk about bearing our son. Not now. Not while there's life in him. How far you plan on going? Just over the rim there. A hundred yards or so. Might find a stream or something. Maybe some game. A rabbit or two. Never can tell. I guess that's true enough, friend. Never can tell. Stay close to the wagons and keep them bunched up. Hold on, Charlie. All of you. Just hold on. I'll be right back. What in God's name? Hey, everybody. Look what's over here. There's a road. Down on the other side. A, a road. Look. Martha? Charlie? Hey! Hey! Where's the wagons? Where... Where'd everybody go? <laughs> Must have got turned, turned around there. Go on. Go up again and see. Yeah. See which way I'm looking. What's going on? What, what, what in the devil's name is going on here? Road's hard. Black. What the? What are these poles doing here? All these wires. Joe? Yeah? What was that? Backfire. What? Truck backfired. Oh, you sure? I thought I heard a gun go off. Not likely. Uh, might be one of those local boys shooting your sign. Well, if it was, I'll get the sheriff out here, but that didn't sound like any 22 to me. Look, Joe, who's that? Some guy with a rifle. Go in the other room. But, Joe... I said, get in back. I'll take care of it. Howdy. Did you see it? You, 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 did you see that thing? What thing? That monster. That, that big animal or, or, or monster, whatever it was. It almost hit me. Monster? No, I didn't see anything like that. If there was anything, it never got to hear. It must have. It went by me just a mile or so back. You mean... You don't mean the truck. What's a truck? 
Hey, are you all right? You wouldn't have any water to spare, would you, mister? Any extra, I mean. Water? Sure. Come over here and sit down before you fall down. There you go. Is all this for me? Sure. On the house. Well, thank you kindly. Some more? You got more? Sure do. Whoa, whoa, now. You don't want to drink it too fast. Just how long you've been out on the desert, anyway? Uh, how long? Uh, well, almost a year. Well, at least almost a year of traveling. Started from Ohio. I had six wagons to start with. One of them was burned by Indians, and one turned back. Indians? Wagons? What are you talking about? Say, mister, what, what happened to your arm? You're bleeding. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> well, I guess I did it to myself when that thing come at me. I rolled out of the way. Thought it was a mirage, then the gun went off. Just a flesh wound, though. Not too deep. I'll have Mary Lou look at it. She's my wife. She used to be a nurse's aide. Mary Lou! Everything okay, Joe? The fellow here, he shot himself in the arm. He did? By accident, he says. You want to take a look at it? Oh, why, sure. I'll get some bandages out. Hand me a clean towel, will you, Joe? Sure thing. Got the first aid kit right here under the counter. I'll just set your gun over here. Oh, well, thank you kindly. I'm careful with it now. That's a real old-timer. Antique piece, isn't it? Uh, no. I bought it new before we started out, but she's been used a lot, I guess. We're running low on bullets. I don't suppose you've Got any ammunition around here? Oh, no. We don't carry anything like that. This isn't a hunting area. What about Indians? The south of here's Apache country, isn't it? Why, sure. Well, sure, but there aren't any Indians nowadays. Well, I mean, not, not hostile Indians. No? Well, not as long as we've been here. Well, how long you been out here? How long? Oh, well, a couple of years now. Where do you hail from? Well, we used to live in Phoenix. Phoenix? Yeah, Phoenix. Mary Lou's folks are from there. I worked for her old man when we were first married, and then I bought this place here. Restaurant isn't doing so well, but the truckers are starting to come in now with the interstate. Restaurant? Uh, you have food? Sure do. Just like the sign says. <laughs> On the wall there, see it? Right over the register. Joe's Air Flight Cafe and gas station. You don't understand a thing I'm talking about, do you? You've never heard of Phoenix or registers or nurses' aides or trucks or gas. Hey, mister, where are you from, really? Where'd you come from? Tell me straight out, why don't you? From from Ohio. I, I left the wagons back there, and I, I, I walked up the rim to the hill, and I, I thought I might find some water or something or some game, and then I saw that, that, that uh, you know, that stretch of road out there, that black road and those those things you know running on it what things he means trucks hold on hold on you hear that you hear that there's another one it's all right it won't stop take my word for it well we heard tell it was a dangerous route but the most direct one to where california they say they say no no take it easy friend we can talk about all this later 
No, I, I, don't, I don't have much time. I, I promised him I'd be right back. There you go. Your arm's all cleaned up with a bandage on it. I even made you a slang, see? I'm much obliged. I just try to keep it clean now. I'll give you a roll of gauze and some tape. You're a, a nurse? Are you, are you the doctor? Me? I just sling hash and pump gas. Take two of these. Drink a little water to get them down. What are they? They're antibiotic tablets. They ought to keep away any infection. Where do you get this? Well, at the drugstore. Of course, you're supposed to have a prescription, but these won't do you any harm. How do you feel? Could I? Uh, do you think I, I could buy some more of those pills off you? Oh, I don't sell them. But you see, I, I got a real sick boy back there. Back where? In the wagon, if I can ever find the wagons again. But you say that this will help a, a, a sickness. Sometimes, depending on what it is. How about a, a fever and a bad cough? It's worth a try. You've got a family? There was three wagons of us. But when I turned around to look back down, they'd, they'd gone. Well, maybe you better rest a while, friend. You, you know, lie down. Get washed up. There's a bed in back. Look at this place. The table's like, like wood, but they're not. They, they can't be. And the legs are all silver and bright. That's not silver. It's steel. It's chrome-plated. What's that thing in the corner? Jukebox. Oh, what? Plays music. You put a coin in it and pick a tune. Here, I'll show you. Hey, where's that coming from? From inside. Didn't you ever see one of these before? You got a... You got a man inside? Playing his guitar on, on, on my account? Let him out of there right now. Turn it off, Joe. There, that's better. It was a bad idea. All these things. Where am I? What is this place? Come with me. I'll show you where to wash up. Wait a minute. That that picture. Where do you where do you get it? The calendar? Pioneer West Insurance Company. That's a picture of my covered wagon. Look, 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 just like my wagon. Oh, that's just an old lithograph. The date? That can't be right. It, it says, it says April. But the year's all wrong. This is the year of our Lord, 1847. But this calendar says it's, it's, it's not even the same century. Oh, my dear God, how could that be? Easy now. What's going on here? Who are you people? Where am I? No. 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 No! You better stop him, Joe. He'll get himself killed. Come on now, fella. Come inside. Please, please, somebody tell me where I am. One dollar and 84 cents your change. You keep it, doll face. I thank you. Say, uh, pretty lady, if you don't mind my asking, what 
time you get off work here. Oh, not till late. But you better not let that man in the kitchen hear you say that. He's my husband. Oh, uh, uh no offense, ma'am. <laughs> None taken. You come back now. I'll do that. Doctor still in back? He is. Been a while now. I made a club sandwich for the fella. You think you want some soup, too? Well, you better ask Doc first. How's he doing back there? You have a fresh pot of coffee? Sure do. Shall I bring it to him? Not for your visitor. For me. I believe I'd like a nice, strong cup. Sit down, Doc. You look like you just seen a ghost. You look him over? I did indeed. And? Malnutrition, that's his major problem, along with dehydration. Well, he's a strong specimen of a man, I'll say that. Tough stock. What else did you find out? You were right. He's an interesting customer, all right? Quite the character. The heat did it, or something, didn't it? I mean, he's, well, he's not in his right mind. I, I figure that has to be it. I'm not a psychiatrist, Joe. I'm an ancient GP. Not much past the school of castor oil and sassafras tea. But, you know, I think old Freud himself would have something to gnaw on here. How do you mean? He happens to seem very rational. Extremely rational. He can trace his imaginary life a whole lot clearer than some of us can our own. His recall of details is amazing. Or it would be if they were true. Maybe they are true. I mean, maybe... He read it in a book somewhere. There's lots of books about the pioneer days. I even know a lot about my people, how they came out here. Yeah, one other thing, a little parenthetical aside, let's call it. The fillings in his mouth, there are two. Well, let's just say no modern dentist drilled them. Yeah, his clothes, too. They didn't come out of an Army-Navy store. No, they didn't. They're the real goods, circa 19th century. And you saw that squirrel shooter of his, Joe. Sure, but it's an antique. An antique that isn't more than a year old? A hundred and fifty-something-year-old gun, Joe, but it was manufactured less than a year ago. You said that yourself this morning. And what's it add up to? Look, Doc, if you're trying to tell me... I'm not trying to tell you anything, Joe. That is to say, I'm not trying to make any point of my own. All I'm giving you is the benefit of some observations from an old hand... He says he's a pioneer, and when he climbed up to the top of that hill out there, he was living in 1847. That's what he said, all right. He seemed so sure. Well, we're three normal, rational human beings here, and we know that sort of thing doesn't happen. So he's suffering from some kind of delusion, but it's a delusion of the purest form. Frankly, I've never heard anything like it, not with this degree of detail. The way he describes his wife, his son, the wagons, the other people, it's with genuine emotion. He's lying in there right now with tears rolling down his cheeks, worried about them. He said his boy was sick. He told me his boy was dying. And from the way he described the symptoms, I'd call it pneumonia. That's why he wanted the pills. Which pills? I gave him some antibiotics for the wound in his arm, and he wanted the whole bottle so he could give some to the boy. I don't get it, how someone could be so sincere. I just don't understand it. I don't either. Which leads me to the next question. Yes? What do we do with him, Doc? 
precisely what I'm going to deal with right now. Where's your phone? Behind the counter. But wait, who are you calling? The authorities, so they can get him help. Oh, that won't do him any good, will it? They'll lock him up in a rubber room and throw away the key. Once he's turned over to the state, he'll get a thorough examination. They'll know what kind of help he really needs. Yeah, the funny farm. Oh, Doc, I've heard about those places. They're bad news. Nobody even knows you're in there. They, they can do anything they want. What are you suggesting? That we pack him a box lunch and send him on his way? You think he'll survive out there? He doesn't know where he is. And even if he figures that out, he'll die of heat exposure before the day's over. the sheriff's office, please. Oh, it just doesn't seem right. Yes, sir. Is the sheriff there? Oh, in his car. Well, uh, that's even better. Can you radio him to get over to Joe's diner as fast as he can? Uh, we've got a man here who needs looking after. No, 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 not violent, but he should get here real fast anyway. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Oh, Joe, I hope we're doing the right thing. So do I. Well, at least he's calm now. As calm as any man would be if he suddenly woke up and thought he was past his time. That's enough, Doc. Well, hello, Mr. Horn. This book, it, it was in my bedroom. Well, that's the encyclopedia. I was looking through it. I, I found something. What? Well, this, this here. Uh, Horn Christian Jr., M.D. Famous for his early work in childhood diseases. Pioneer in vaccine... Research. Born 1839. Died 1914. That was my son. That's Chris Jr. So I guess I'm either crazy or the world is turned upside down. But I think I, I got put here for a reason. Oh, you did. I just know it. For important reason. What are you doing? You've been gracious and kind, and, and I appreciate it. But I gotta get back. I'll just get my gun now. Horn, we want to help you. But help means rest and medical attention. I can't let you leave like this. Come on, son. Come over here and sit down. I've called for the authorities. The, the authorities? Well, listen, I, I don't know who they might be, but I've got no time to wait and find out. Horn, please. Hey, don't, don't go trying to stop me now. I know my purpose. I'm going to finish it. Well, my life don't add up to much. Listen to us. Please, Mr. Horn. You take your hands off my gun, mister. You okay, Mary Lou? Oh, I'm fine. The gun just went off when he took it. And blew out my plate glass window. Horn! Horn, come back! Mister. What's the matter with you? Horn, wait up! Are you all right? Those people, they're trying to stop me. Yeah? Where are you going? I, I have to get back to the Arizona Territory. You do? 
Well, that's an easy one. Don't just stand there. Get in. How's that? What is this contraption? Peterbilt 18-wheeler. Best long-haul rig ever made. Where's your team? I ain't a teamster. Strictly independent. But your horses? All the horses you want, right under the hood. Sweet, huh? Where you say you're headed? California. We were headed for... California. That's where I'm going. Good country out there, is it? Easy living, if you ask me. Everything a man could want. And... land to work? Any seed you plant, it grows tall. That's what I heard tell. Suppose I could give you a ride all the way in, so I'd have somebody to talk to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to California, but I, I can't get, get there this way. What are you talking about? It has to be the same ridge, right, right around here. It was. Mister, you have to let me out. Say, look at that. Sheriff's car, moving like a bat out of hell. Please, I, I made a mistake. You, you've got to stop this, this machine. Doc, what's this emergency you got? Not exactly an emergency, Sheriff, but since I called, it might have turned into one. <sighs> Sheriff, you gotta stop him. That's right. He won't make it out there. Hold on now. What you trying to tell me? Mr. Horn, Sheriff. Horn, is it? He's the man I examined. It's a long story, a pretty strange one. The point is, now he's run off. Well, where? He headed for the ridge, where he came from. So... He came in out of the desert? And now he's going back, about a mile up the road. Well, don't worry. I'll find him. Gotta make it. Just, just a little ways more. No, you don't. Not now. Drop the gun, son. I said, drop the gun. All right, now come on down real slow. The pills. I dropped, I dropped the pills. That's it. Now put your hands in the air. Got it. I said halt. Halt, son, or I'll shoot. Sounded like a shot. Maybe Chris got himself a rabbit. But he ain't even had time to get up the ridge yet. Martha! Forget something, Christian? Martha, what happened? Where'd you go? Where did we go? What do you mean, Chris? Where could we have gone? Well, when I looked down, I, I, I couldn't see you. Or the wagons. When? You haven't had time to go anywhere. Martha, I, I, I don't understand. 
what you're saying, but I, I'm, I'm truly glad to see you all this time. All what time? So much happened. First I fell, and, well, somehow I shot myself, and it doesn't matter. I, I have so much to tell you. But how could oh, you? Chris, honey, you just left a second ago. What did you forget? Forget? And what's that in your hand? Oh, that's, that's a medicine. Medicine? Where did you get it? Never mind. Oh, Lord. Give him some water. Give him... Give him two of these. I think... I think it may save his life, Martha. I see. As you say, then. Chris? Charlie. Short trip. Was it? Nothing much on the other side, I guess. You'd be surprised, Charlie. You'd be mighty surprised. There was a whole lot to be seen at that ram. A whole new land. And you know something else, Charlie? Us. People like us. We're the ones responsible. That's the truth. People like us. What's Orrin talking about? Listen, he's saying something. He wouldn't talk like that unless it was important. There'll be a highway, and machines, and a whole new land. And we're the ones who began it. What are you saying, Chris? Where'd you see all that? Up on the rim. It was all laid out before me like the... like the New Jerusalem. Wide, hard roads, all black, with no holes in them, and machines, and... I gotta see for myself. Me too. Let's go. Up the ridge, he says. nothing down there. It's, it's just like this side. Sand and desert and miles and miles of nothing. Oh, but there will be, Charlie. There will be. Just you wait. It may not happen in our lifetimes, but it's coming. It'll be here, all of it. Sooner than you think. If you can hold on to what I'm telling you and keep the faith. get him, Sheriff. I saw him all right, but I couldn't get him to stop. Fired a warning shot, but I didn't scare him none. Look, I wouldn't worry, Joe. He can't get very far. Don't worry, we'll find him. Thanks, Sheriff. Y you say he had a gun? That's right, a rifle. This it? It can't be. That one's all rusty, like it's ready to fall apart. That's what I thought. He couldn't have done any damage with it. Look at it close, Joe. It is his rifle, but it's changed. It... It's just as if it had been lying in the desert for a hundred years. What's it mean? Who was he? Where did he really come from? I think... I think he went back to wherever he did come from. But... To where, Joe? Back to where he should be. Back to where he can make certain that the things it said in that book can happen. Back to a wagon train heading west to California on a spring day in 1847.
Giddy up, boys. We're going to California. My son, too. He's got a whole lot to accomplish out there. A whole lot. Mr. Christian Horn, a farmer from the state of Ohio, one of the hearty breed who headed west when there were no blacktop highways or telephone poles or the solace of civilization. Mr. Christian Horn and family and their traveling companions, heading west after a brief detour through the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Carl Amari, producer of the Twilight Zone radio dramas. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about our official website at twilightzoneradio.com, where you'll get the latest news and information on these Twilight Zone radio dramas. Plus, at twilightzoneradio.com, you can digitally download three free episodes or any of our episodes for only $1.95 each. In this age of ever-changing technology, we've decided to make these episodes instantly available to you by making the Twilight Zone radio dramas a digital download-only series. This means that this series will no longer be offered on CD. The CD collections at our website are now being offered, while supplies last, at buy one, get one free. So be sure to get your favorites before they're sold out. Be sure to visit us often, and I'll see you in the zone. A Hundred Yards Over the Rim, starring Jim Caviezel, with Stacey Keach as your narrator, was adapted for radio by Dennis Etcherson and based on a script by Rod Serling. Heard in the cast were Peggy Roeder, Rick Peoples, David Darlow, Doug James, Peter DeFaria, Rich Kamenick, Meg Falcon, Zach Gray, Carl Amari, Roger Wolski, Diane Trice, and Irene Olson. To learn more about the Twilight Zone radio dramas and to obtain audio cassettes and CDs of these programs, visit our website at twilightzoneradio.com. This copyrighted radio series is produced and directed by Carl Amari and Roger Wolski for Falcon Picture Group. Doug James speaking. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound, a dimension of sight, a dimension of mind. 
You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Cooper Corporation, how may I direct your call? Just a moment. Cooper Corporation. Coffee coming through. Who ordered coffee? With sugar and two creams. Right here. Thanks, Louie. You got it. Coffee here. Uh, do you have any Danish this morning? I got bran muffins, granola bars, and trail mix. Mr. Cooper's orders. Mr. Cooper, how come? He's on a health kick. Says Danish is bad for you. For the whole office? Everybody on the floor. He wants more work out of you. Oh, well. I suppose I'll have one of those granola bars. Is it chocolate-coated? K-Rob. Sounds positively yummy. Guess I'll give it a try. Hey, that's wrong, you know. What is, McNulty? Well, the pastries are bad for the brain. True, they're mostly sugar and starch, but so are muffins, huh? <laughs> granola bars? Granola bars have as much fat as 13 strips of bacon. Did you know that? And trail mix? <laughs> Forget it! Forget it! There's so many calories in saturated fats, you might as well eat a tub of popcorn, huh? <laughs> With butter! <sighs> well, if Mr. Cooper wants to improve productivity... All I know is I got coffee with cream, cream and sugar, cream by itself, sugar by itself, or artificial sweetener. And that old favorite, all black. Take your pick. Ah, diversification. Now you, you're on the right track. As I always say, you can't run a business standing still. A business has got to move. A business has got to progress. You think about that now. Excuse me, I gotta progress through the office. Yeah, so do I. We all do. A business has got to keep pushing, keep punching, keep prodding, keep moving forward. That's what a business has got to do. Now, you think about that. <laughs> Personally, I got to get a drink of water. <clears throat> you coming, Gertrude? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I think I better go with you. Ah, sounds good. I think I'll come along, too. Oh, that's, that's all right. Hey, did you know that water is the most important part of a healthy diet? We're almost all water. I mean, our cells feed off of it, right? <laughs> hey, you see that suggestion box on the wall? I personally told Mr. Cooper to get better quality bottled water. Huh? Huh? But the chemicals they put in it these days, I mean, think about it now. It's a disgrace. Not to mention. Submitted for your approval, or at least your analysis, one Patrick Thomas McNulty who, at age 41, is the biggest bore on Earth. He holds a 10-year record for the most meaningless words spewed out during a typical coffee break. And it's very likely that, as of this moment, he would have gone on through life in precisely the same manner. A dull, argumentative big mouth who sets back the art of conversation at least a thousand years. I say he very likely would have, except for something that will soon happen to him. Something totally unexpected that will considerably alter his existence and ours. You think about that now, because this is, after all, The Twilight Zone. And now we continue with our story from The Twilight Zone, A Kind of Stopwatch, starring Lou Diamond Phillips, with Stacey Keach as your narrator. 
Taste the impurities. We need clean air, too. HEPA filters, air ionizers, the whole bit, huh, you know? And these rooms need a new paint job while they're at it, you know? They need a nice, soothing color. Come on, Angie. Let's go to the powder room. Yeah, I'm with you. Because we got to keep this company on track. You think about it now. We will. McNulty. Right here. Mr. Cooper would like to see you. Well... Well, you hear that, everybody, huh? <laughs> Mr. Cooper would like to see McNulty, huh? <laughs> and all because of that box right there. You know why Mr. Cooper wants to see McNulty? Because McNulty has been feeding him suggestions in that box for 11 months now. Did I say suggestions? Wrong word. Suggestions any Claude can give, huh? <laughs> but dynamic blueprints for the future only McNulty can give, huh? <laughs> you just think about that. Mr. Cooper's waiting, Mr. McNulty. In here, McNulty. Hi, Mr. Cooper. <laughs> Do you know what I've been doing for the last half hour? You've been looking through the suggestion box. I knew it was gonna happen one of these days, Mr. Cooper. I've been expecting it. You see, the thing of it is, it takes a very special kind of employer to recognize that one of his men has got it. And obviously, McNulty does. Truer words, McNulty, have probably never been spoken here or anywhere else. I have just gone through the residue of the suggestion box covering the past three-month period. Here is your suggestion dated March 13th. Make hot dogs flat so they can fit more easily into a hamburger bun. Well, how about that? Now you think about that now, Mr. Cooper. <laughs> Make tin cans square so they can be stacked together more easily. Well, huh? <laughs> Isn't that a guess? You think about that, too. Put small pontoons in field packs of soldiers so that when they cross rivers, they can float. That's worth a million bucks as it stands, huh? <laughs> I mean, that one little suggestion. You see, the soldiers, they go into the water in the cans. Well, the cans, they're full of air, see, so... Mr. McNulty, the Cooper Corporation makes ladies' foundation garments. Not a single one of your 340 suggestions, repeat, not one of them, has anything remotely to do with this company's product. Right. See, <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about that, too. What you ought to do is focus on new inventions for our customers. Our customers? Well, I've been doing some reading about pressure and leverage the principles of engineering, and one of the greatest engineers of the 20th century was Howard Hughes. Why, did you know that he invented the cantilevered brassiere? Huh? <laughs> he invented a, a, well, an undergarment that actually defied the laws of gravity, huh? <laughs> like a suspension bridge. And if it weren't for his little invention, nobody would have ever heard of <clears throat> Jane Russell. Huh? <laughs> did you know that? I believe this company is well aware of the history of our product lines. And they don't have anything to do with 1940s movie stars or eccentric old recluses with mental delusions. Exactly. The key to a successful business is diversification. More products for more kinds of customers. 
Now you think about that. I have thought about it, McNulty. Now you think about this. Yes, sir. You're fired! Another round, McNulty? In a, in a minute, I'm, I'm still working on this one. Now over here, Joe. Coming right up. You know something? Oh, here we go again. With the long ball hitter, as opposed to the consistent clutch hitter with a big average, I will take the latter. Well, that's very nice of you to tell us, McNulty. Well, it's a fact that at no time, at, at, at no time, has the home run leader in either league led the league in batting at no time, which should tell you. Uh, Ted Williams won the batting championship and led the league in home runs in 1941, 42, and 47. The exception to the rule? Think about that now. The exception to the rule. Let me ask you something, McNulty. How come you're in here so early tonight? You've been sitting here now for three and a half hours. Well, for the simple reason that... I quit my job. No kidding. Yeah, I went into Mr. Cooper's office and I read him off. Just like that, you know, Cooper, I said. Don't tell me, McNulty. You got canned. Well, in, in, in a manner of, of speaking, you might say, well, yeah, we mutually agreed that I wasn't going to wor work there anymore. <sighs> Let me ask you something. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think that after one year of putting suggestions in the suggestion box, after one whole year, I'd get noticed? McNulty, you want to know something? Getting noticed and getting liked are two different things. What do you know about it? Nothing, McNulty. Not a thing. All I know is that every week of every month except election day, you come in here and drive everybody out of their skull walking on your lower lip. Now, you think about that little thing, will you, for my sake? Where's my other beer? Right here. Thank you, barkeep. If you don't mind, I think I'll find myself a nice, quiet table to sit at. Goodbye. Excuse me, my good man. Is this seat taken? Is now. Sir, you, uh, you want another one? Thank you. I would consider it a kindness on your part. <clears throat> one more over here, please. So, what's your name? What's my name? Potts. Potts? Potts. Well, that's not such a bad name. It is the one I was born with. Seems to me there was a third baseman play for the Phillies one year. Seems to me his name was Potts. Let's see, it was uh, Lou Potts, Frank Potts. Could it have been Botts? No. Potts! You paying, McNulty? Because this old rummy already gave me his last dollar. This man is my friend. And I like a little respect from you while you're at it. I bet you would, McNulty. And you getting respect from me would be about as easy as flagging down a cab on 46 and Broadway at 8 o'clock on New Year's Eve. 
in the rain. Here you go. So, what do you want to talk about? You want to, want to talk about baseball? Well, it is a great American pastime, and I am so glad that Abner Doubleday saw fit to invent it. To your health, friend. And now, to show my appreciation for your generosity, I have something for you. Consider it a gift. A small remembrance of our friendship. Ah, well, what is it? It's an old family heirloom. A kind of stopwatch, you might say. Why, why do you carry it around? I, I mean, you know, if it's, if it's just a stopwatch, it doesn't keep... Keep time, <laughs> right? <laughs> that is a fact. But it's all yours nonetheless. Someday you might own a racehorse. Or you might want to run the four-minute mile. Who knows? Now you've got a stopwatch to time yourself. <laughs> I've been looking for someone to give it to. I myself am finally finished with it. Goodbye, old pal. <laughs> E pluribus unum. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you didn't finish your beer. You done for the night, McNulty? There ain't no more ears in here you can bend. You bored ten people to death and you emptied this place faster than a smallpox sign. Funny looking watch. Anyway, I hate to go home, Joe. I mean, geez, you know, I mean, I already saw the picture on the late show. I mean, I even saw the one on the late, late show. Hey, McNulty, do me a favor, would you? Whenever you get the thirst, go to some other bar. Sometimes, you know, I wish I was I was married, cause <laughs> so I wouldn't have to go anywhere. You, know? you ever get that feeling? And another thing about you, McNulty, you make me nervous. First you come in here, and then what? <laughs> what? What's going on, Joe? Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, Joe. Why ain't you moving, Joe? Joe, why don't you say something? I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's like he was was frozen. And what's with the TV? There was a game on. The guy started the pitch, and and well, you, well, you look at that. The ball's just. Hang in there. Did the TV freeze up or something? <laughs> Say, what is this? Something's going on. All I was doing was telling you about how bored I was, and then that crazy gleep gives me this watch here, and I push the button on it like this, and... And you bore people to death, and then you start to make me so nervous my back itches, and... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I kinda like this. Furthermore, it's getting so people don't stay very long in my establishment when you're around. To catch my drift, they stick their heads in, see you sitting here, and move on. 
In other words, you're costing me business, McNulty. Do I have to make it any plainer? So like I say, take it somewhere else, okay, pal? Nothing personal. <laughs> I make you nervous? <laughs> you don't suppose... You don't suppose this, this watch here... You know something, McNulty? You're the one guy who makes me wish they never repealed Prohibition. And you know what I think, Joe? I think this watch, this watch, this watch is a very unusual one. That's what I think. A very, very unusual watch. Huh? <laughs> hey, buddy, watch where you're going. Oh, 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 so, sorry. <laughs> sorry, my good man. Yeah, you should be. Excuse me. Begging your pardon, lady. Officer, oh, officer. Yes, ma'am? That man over there, I think he's drunk. Oh, he is, is he? He bumped right into me. You can see the way he's staggering. He can hardly stand up. Oh, it's a disgrace. Well, now, we'll just see about that. Hold on there, fella. Yes, uh, officer? Had a little too much to drink, did we? Well, I wouldn't say that. Not enough. It's more like it. <laughs> Why don't you just go home and sleep it off? You'll feel better in the morning. Yes, yeah, of course, of course. I'm, uh, I'm on my way home now, as a matter of fact. Walking, are you? I'd say you're in no condition. You know, you're, you're right, officer. I was, I was just thinking about that. Well, get along with you now. Why should a man have to walk at all, right? He could fall down and get hurt. Now, here's an idea for you. You make the sidewalks out of rubber, huh? <laughs> Think about that now, huh? No more injuries. You fall, you bounce right back up again. All the money the city could save. No more broken arms and legs to fix by the hospitals would save millions. Not to mention the, uh, the, uh, uh, insurance company. I think I better call you a cab. Okay. I'm a cab. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? You said I'll call you, and then I, I, I said, well. No more kidding now. Not at all. I, I don't, I don't want a cab in, in the first place. I never stopped for you. And in the second place, it takes too long on account of there's too much traffic in this city in the first place. Am I right or am I wrong? You tell me that. I'm not telling you nothing. Now listen. If you can't afford a cab, the subway's right at the end of the block. Now run along. Either that or I'll haul you in right now. On what charge, may I ask? Public intoxication. Plus, you're making a real nuisance of yourself. Now quit flapping your lips and get a move on, you hear? Of course I do, officer. I hear the wisdom of your words, and I have enjoyed this conversation immensely. A good evening to you, sir. Let's go. I think I better take you down to the station house. But why bother, huh? I mean, you know, as long as I can hail a cab, let me let me show you McNulty's method. You watch, and you think about it now, okay? Taxi! <laughs> there, yeah. I think I can see a cab now. That one, in the middle of the street. How nice of the driver to stop just for me.
there, driver. What, not speaking, huh? <laughs> well, let me see what I can do to fix that. What? Hey, who are you? How'd you get in my car? Never mind, I'm here now, aren't I? Okay, okay, where to? Home, driver. Take me downtown by the shortest possible route, and you think about it now. Sure thing. Hey, 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 have you ever thought about this? Ban cars completely, you know, in, in, in the city at least, for starters. Helicopters. Now that's the future. Your private copters, okay? Each one big enough to hold one person. You think about the savings in, in, in gas, pollution, and traffic jam, not to mention police meter maids, no parking zones. Anything you say, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you see, you see, all you, all you do is you, you take some electric golf carts and you retrofit them with propellers on top and you plug them in, you charge them up and... Here you go. This here is it, mister. Far as I go. I think I'm gonna pack it in for the night. Thank you, my good man. That's 1780. How's that? The fare. Make it 18 bucks plus something for the wife and kids. Now, you see, that's just my point. All that money and for what? I say ban the internal combustion engine. Springboard shoes would work just fine. All we need is a company to manufacture a prototype. You gonna pay me or talk me to death? Neither, to tell you the truth. Do, uh, do you have the time? <laughs> huh? The time. Here, let's have a look at my pocket watch, shall we? Um, have I have I told you about it yet? Yeah, this is really a very unusual watch. A kind of um, stopwatch. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Allow me to demonstrate. Don't try to con me. All I want is for you to pay up. If you don't, I'm calling this in. It's a violation of the city code to defraud. There. Isn't that better? So much more restful. I think I'll go inside now and lie down. No, 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 no. Don't, don't you worry about it. As soon as I get to my apartment, I'll open the window and hit the button on this stopwatch again, and you'll be on your way. And tomorrow morning, so will I. In fact, from the way things are going so far, I say that your friend and mine, the one and only Patrick T. McNulty, is going to be the life of the party. Yeah? <laughs> you be sure to think about that now, won't you? Stand back, world. McNulty is walking through the universe. from Weather Central. Some overcast this morning with scattered clouds this afternoon. And now, back to this morning's casual concert for the swinging set. Eh, wrong. There is nothing moderate about today because today is the day that people start listening to McNulty. Unless... 
unless it was some kind of dream. Now where is that crazy watch? Aha! Here! All right, now let's give it the old test. Ah, my kind of town. Millions of people going to work, no imagination. But McMelody, now that's a different story. A man who's just full of ideas, so original, they don't have a word for him yet. But they will. If this thing works. Well, here goes. It's not a dream, it's the goods, the real deal. This wonderful, gorgeous watch. I just push the button and everything stops. I mean everything. The whole world stops for me. <laughs> Get ready out there. McNulty steps up to the plate, he swings, and he swats it clean out of the park. There he is. Oh, no. Not McNulty again. What's doing here? Maybe he's going to shoot up the place. Morning, Angie. McNulty? You look lovely this morning, as always. What's the suggestion this time? Because if you haven't got one handy, I've got one for you. Yes? Why don't you jump off a bridge? <laughs> Honey, baby, you don't mean that. Wait till you see what I got in my pocket. It'll put a dent in your eyeballs. Try the Brooklyn Bridge at midnight. You think about this now. You think about a stopwatch that, uh, if somebody pushes it, everything stops in midair. Everything, huh? Huh? Think about that. Without a life jacket! McNulty, why don't you get lost? What's the point? You see this little gimmick? It's a watch, so... So, last night, I'm sitting in Joe Pellucci's bar. Figures. We're talking about this and that, and this funny little gleep comes in and gives me this watch. Without thinking about it, I give it a push. This little button right here. And everything stops dead. Pellucci stops, the ball game stops, you know what else? Everything. That's what stops. You think about that. No kidding. Joe Pellucci and the TV, too. Well, thanks for the entertainment. Now get out of here. After I see Cooper, it's time to diversify. Now you wait just a minute, McNulty. Mr. Cooper's in conference. You bet he is. He's in conference with me. I thought I fired you, McNulty. What are you doing back here? Mr. Cooper, he barged right in. I couldn't do anything about it. Well, if he barged right in, he'll barge right out again. Hey, listen, Coop. Coop? You can't afford to fire me. This time, I got more than a suggestion. I got the goods. You figure out how this little doohickey works, and you got yourself all the money in the world. McNulty, once more I remind you, we make ladies' foundations, nothing else. Did you hear me? Nothing else. Now I'll give you 15 seconds to leave this room, 25 seconds to reach the elevator, 45 seconds to vacate the building, and you may use that 
that watch to time yourself. Is that a fact? All right, then. I'll go. Just remember, you lost a fortune today. McNulty, if you're not out of here in one minute, I'll call the police. So, what am I waiting for? I'll show him anyway. I'll show you all! Hello, operator. Get me... Now, you put that phone down and come with me. That's right. <laughs> in here. Right on... Cooper's lap. <laughs> How about that, huh? <laughs> nice coffee. Right in the middle of pouring it, huh? <laughs> and you, hey, sweetheart. I like your typing. Don't your hands get tired up in the air like that, huh? <laughs> All right, so it's good for a laugh, maybe. There must be something else I can do with this thing. What do you think you're doing? Who's up next? Don't look now. It's the cleanup man. The guy could empty a baseball stadium, not to mention a bar. And if you don't spend three hours telling us how he'd run the Mets, He'll keep ootsing me about how I should run my own place. Hey, Joe. Hey, you want to hear a good idea? Why don't you make a swinging door like in the movies, huh? Maybe change the name of the place, Pellucci's Western Saloon. Hey, how about that? Hey, McNulty, how about that? I'll have it done first thing in the morning. Ah, that's great. Then every time I come in, I'll push open a swinging door and I'll think, I did this. Wait, whoa. You're not putting me on, are you, Joe? McNulty, the only thing I'd put you on is a slow freighter heading for the other side of the world. See ya, Joe. Yeah, I'm out of here. Relax, boys. You're about to see something you ain't gonna believe. <laughs> well, make it quick, huh? With this little gizmo right here, I can stop trains, buses, planes, subways. There ain't nothing in this world I can't stop. Yeah, what about your mouth? I gotta pour myself a drink. Watch this. All right, now, uh, hmm. I'll move your beer over here and put yours in front of him. And let's see. How about if I undo your tie like this, huh? <laughs> oh, and Joe, over there. Hey, why look, Joe, where's your glass now, huh? You're going to be pouring beer in your hand, huh? <laughs> All right, okay. Here we go again. Oh, what the... Well? Huh? Well? Ah, come on now. What do you think about that, huh? Think about what? What, what, what are you kidding? You, did, you didn't see what I just did? Out of the way, McMulvey. I want to make it home by the bottom of the eighth. See ya, Joe. Well, you done it again, McNulty. You emptied my bar. You drive more people out of saloons and carry nation. Oh, I get it. Of course you couldn't see what happened. Of course you couldn't. How could you? You guys got froze. I'm the only one who sees what's going on. The only one. Gee. So I got the greatest conversation piece in the world. The greatest. And what does it do? It stops conversation. Well, so it shouldn't be a total loss. You should order up. But drink it fast, will you? The combination of you, the hot weather, and my business recession is more than I can take for one day. Hey, Pellucci. 
Look at me. What are you, some kind of sadist? Do you know what you're looking at? A jerk. A jerk, I'm telling you. A jerk, a nutsy, that's what you're looking at. You want to stop there or go for double or nothing? It's a fact. What do I want this thing for? I want to get a little notice, that's what. Well, let me tell you something, Ferrucci. When John D. Rockefeller got out of a car, why did people go up to shake his hand? I'll bite. Why? Because he had dough. That's why. Lettuce, the old Mizzou. J.P. Morgan walks into a bar. The head waiter almost breaks his neck trying to get a table ready. Why? I'll tell you why. Because J.P. Morgan was loaded. You think about that now. And you think about this. As of today, Nick Nolte's gonna be loaded too. I'm gonna have a limousine drive me up here. I'm gonna have a chauffeur open the door. I'm gonna walk into this crummy joint of yours and buy about 18 rounds for everyone. Huh? Huh? And then, and then, just for a laugh, I'll buy you a mortgage. You don't mind if I don't hold my breath, do you, McNulty? Pluchy, old pal, take a good long look. The next time you see me, I'll be the new McNulty. Why don't you go the whole route and move to Honolulu? Pelucci? Tonight, I'll be able to buy Honolulu. I'd like to make a deposit to my account. You'll have to wait in line. I want to cash this check. All in large bills, ma'am. Next customer in line. Is this where I make a withdrawal? Yes, sir. How much would you like? Oh, I don't know. How much you got? Sir? I'll take small bills. Lots of them. Just need your bank account number. Right here. Oh, you want me to get them for you? Oh, sure. No problem. Well, let's see. Oh, a bag of fives. And some tens. And, uh, <laughs> uh, some twenties while I'm at it. <sighs> Let's see that how to do it. Oh, don't worry, folks, it's only money. <laughs> it grows on trees. That's what it does, right? <laughs> it grows on trees. For me. <laughs> <sighs> okay, here we go. One, two, three! My watch! <laughs> uh, oh, uh, well, it better be shockproof. Hey, hey, start already, come on. Hey, what's the matter with this thing? Hey, uh, hey, hey everybody can start moving again, okay? All right, come on, come on, here we go! Up, 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 come on, let's go, come on, get with it! Hey! Hey, uh, any, any, anybody know how to fix a watch? Come on, come on, anybody, anybody, give me a little help here! Joe, Joe, please, please do something, say something, go ahead, you know, insult me! Please! Please, won't somebody do something or say something? Hey, please! Don't anybody, don't anybody know where I can get a watch fixed? I'm begging you, please. Hey! Hey! Anybody!
Mr. Patrick Thomas McNulty, who was given the gift of unlimited time. He used it and misused it. And now he's been handed the bill. Mr. McNulty, who now controls the earth and everything on it. From this point on, he will eat well, live well, and have everything at his beck and call. But the thing he wanted most, the thing that gave him the most acute hunger, his need for a sympathetic ear, this he will never have again. Tonight's tale of motion and the lack thereof, and a man named McNulty in a place called the Twilight Zone. Thanks for joining us for the Twilight Zone at 1001 Radio Days. If you enjoy our show, please do take a moment and send us a kind review. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. This is your host, John Hagedorn. This is 1001 Radio Days, and we'll be back soon.